Yeah. Good morning, Springhouse. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I like you. Would you do something for me? Don't get into anybody's space that would be uncomfortable. But would you turn to someone close to you and look at them right in the eyes and say, I like you. I knew you could. If we only had more people like Fred Rogers. Mm-mm-mm. Might not have to preach this sermon. Yeah. Would you stand with me? Let's read, uh, let's read a few verses of Scripture. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the life that is in your word. And I pray, Father, that that's what we would receive today. I pray that everyone here would have open ears and soft hearts to receive life. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Being perfect is not about the things that we think it is about. Whenever we think of of being perfect, especially in in the context of, of the faith, in the context of serving God, we don't generally think about what Jesus is actually talking about. What he's saying is, if you want to be perfect, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Uh, This series is about living in the kingdom. And as Kevin mentioned in the first uh, sermon of the series, uh, he was talking about the Bible being the the constitution of the kingdom. And and, and really, it's it's actually more than that. I mean, it's, it's uh, it's the story, it's the history, it's the poetry, it's the literature, it's the prophetic word, it's all of those things. The Constitution is actually three chapters in Matthew. It's actually actually the the Sermon on the Mount is what the Constitution is. Uh, And there's a theme that runs through the sermon, uh, and, and it's that there's something far beyond the law. There, there's, there's something way beyond the law. Uh, the law is a survival guide for living in the world. That's basically what it, what it was and what you could say it is. But it's not, that's not about living in the kingdom. The Sermon on the Mount is about living in the kingdom. Something new has come. 
Jesus didn't come and say, get saved. He came and said, the kingdom of God is now among you. That was his, that was his sermon. That was his message that he was bringing. There's a blessing for living in the kingdom that's far beyond what the, uh, what the law provided. I mean, think about it. We call it the Beatitudes. It's at the beginning. It's the preamble, if you will. It's what it is for, for, for the constitution of living in the kingdom. And think about the blessings that it, that it talks about if, you, if you're going to live in the kingdom, if you're, if you're going to be a part of this. The poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of God. You cannot be proud in spirit and live in the kingdom of God. You can live in the world, but you can't live in the kingdom of God because it belongs to the poor in spirit. The pure in heart will see God. Where in the law does it say you can see God? In fact, I think in the law it says no one can see God. In the kingdom, you can see God. It's a blessing that is there for those. You can receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. You can receive comfort. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall receive comfort. These are, these are the blessings of the kingdom. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be the sons of God. And of course, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. <laughs> there, there is a material blessing there. That's one, of the, that's one of the themes of, of this Constitution. Another is that the heart matters more than the outward. Now, we, we knew that. We know that, don't we? Somehow, we don't get it. I mean, we know it, but we don't get it. We know it, but there's a disconnect between what we know and what, what actually gets played out. But, I mean, that's, it's a big theme of the, of the Constitution of the Kingdom. And also the fact that the kingdom of God is of greater importance than the world. And we need to, need to understand what the world is. It's, the world is a system. It is a way of doing things. And the Bible, the Bible has a lot to say about it. And if you've been here very long, you've heard me go over this before. But it doesn't hurt to go over it again and again. Over in, over in John chapter 2, it tells us this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God remains forever. The world system is motivated by three things. There are only three things that exist in the world system. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. That's how it's been from the beginning. That's, that's how it was in Eden. When Eve saw that the fruit was good to look at and delicious for food and desirable for gaining wisdom, that's, that's it. The world started. When Jesus came and was tempted and the, and, the, and the devil came to tempt him, he had three things to offer him. Turn these stones to bread. See all of these kingdoms? They belong to me. I can give them to you. Yeah. 
hey, just, just jump down off of, the, off of the pinnacle of this temple and the angels will catch you and everybody will see you are the man. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, boastful pride of life. That's all the, king, that, that's all the, the world system is. And these things are, are passing away. They are not eternal. They are not faith, hope, and love, which remains. I mean, we know they're passing away because many of us have loved ones who are on the other side. And I promise you, none of them have any desire for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the boastful pride of life. It's hard to have the boastful pride of life laying in the grave, even if you're a Pharaoh underneath a, what were those things? Pyramids, yes, of course. <laughs> and, and then John, 1 John ends up by saying, uh, we know the whole, the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We are children of God, but the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We live in the kingdom, or we should, we're supposed to. And, and we also find out that one of the themes that runs through it is that God's ways are beyond our ways. They, they're higher than our ways. Uh, over in Isaiah 55, uh, the Lord says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My, my ways are not your ways. As the, uh, as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And we get a glimpse of what he's talking about, what Isaiah 55 is talking about, we get a glimpse of it in the Sermon on the Mount. And there's probably nothing about God's ways that is more striking and higher than our ways than when Jesus says, love your enemies. You've heard it said, you know, love your friends, hate your enemies. I'm telling you, there's something beyond that. And it's this. Love your enemies. Well, who is, who is the enemy? Okay, first of all, let's get this out of the way. Uh, because uh, Ephesians 6.12, some of you would, would bring this up, and I'm going to bring it up, because this is true. Our enemy is not people. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's the enemy. That's, who, that's why we put on the armor of God. That's, that's what, what the real struggle is with. People are not the enemy. However, we know this. And somehow or another, there's a disconnect. So let's pretend. Let's pretend we don't know this and we actually think people are the enemy and get some instruction for how to deal with that. You know, what, what, what that is all about. See, we know it, but we find it almost impossible to deal with in practice, you know, in our, in our actual life. Uh, so... Let's go from there. Why are people enemies? I mean, why, why are people enemies? We all want the same thing. <clears throat> you know, we all, want, we all want security. We all want to have uh, um, uh, shelter. We all want our, our children to have a better life than we've had. Uh, we want the same. When, when, uh, when we were in Zimbabwe, when Margaret and I were in Zimbabwe, uh, one of the things that... Um, 
that Ezekiel Goody, the man who was running the ministry over there, would constantly say is, people are people. Doesn't matter where they live. Doesn't matter how they were brought up. Doesn't matter. I mean, they all want the same thing. And basically, what everybody wants is, can you say it? Love. That's what everybody wants. Really, that's, that's, that's what it amounts to. And guess what? The world system cannot provide. Because there's only three things in the world system. And love is not one of them. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. And so the world system is designed to put us at odds with each other. Uh, is anybody still in the room? Uh, the, the world system is designed to put us at odds with each other, regardless of where we're coming from. We're part of that, a part of that system, and, and, and we want those three things because we're in the world, and we're willing to, uh, to take it from somebody else. And so because we're willing to take it from somebody else, we know somebody else is willing to take it from us. And it, ha it happens on a national level. Um, there, uh, back in the early 19th century, I, I, I wasn't around then. Uh, Ray Tabor's not here, so he, we, we can't get a personal witness. But uh, back in the early 19th century, uh, the Prime Minister of Great Britain made a statement that was so true that it's been repeated many times since, and it is, nations do not have friends, they have interest. So it happens on a national level, it happens on an individual level. I mean, has, has anybody ever, ever taken anything from you? Have you ever taken anything from anybody else? Of course not. Never. <laughs> and this gives rise to fear. Gives rise to fear. We're afraid that people from another religion or another race or another country or another ethnicity, they're going to come in and they're going to take over and we're not going to have it anymore. And it's not just us. I mean, every, every race, every ethnicity, every country, that's, that's, that's the fear. Every religion, that's the fear, is that that's going to happen. I mean, explain the difference to me between jihad and crusade. There really isn't one. And so, so people live in fear. And, and let me tell you, Revelation 21, when it lists those whose inheritance will be the lake of fire, guess what number one on the list is? Fearful. Fearful. I mean, it's before the adulterers. It's before the, the murderers. It's before the, the thieves. The fearful. First thing, first thing on the list. No wonder... Our Savior, our King, our Lord says over and over and over again, fear not. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Why should I worry? God's not worried. Fear not. And fear is diametrically opposed to love. You cannot fear somebody and love them at the same time. You can't. 
They, they, are, they are diametrically opposed to each other. One goes that direction, one goes that direction. Now, I'm not saying that there's never a time to fight. What I am saying is it is always the time to love. That's what I'm saying. And the circle of fear is vicious. It's satanic. It, it, it tears down the peace of God in our lives. It, 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 is, it is acid eating the ability to love not just our, our, our enemies, but love our friends or love our neighbor. Love, well, I don't know about that neighbor, you know. I, I, don't, I, don't know about, I don't know about this friend. I don't know if that's really a friend or not. Does that really have my back? See, she really had my back. And in spite of the danger, someone has to be willing to break the curse of fear. You know, sometimes you'll hear about um, somebody, sometimes in religious talk you'll hear about, um, okay, breaking family curses. There's, there's been a family curse. Everybody in the family's had this. Everybody in the family's had that. And it's time for it to stop. Same thing. Somebody's got to have the courage to, instead of going like this or like this or like this, to come like this. And say, yeah, what do you need? There's no fear here. I, I can love you. Jesus was willing. God doesn't ask us to do anything he hasn't already done. You know, instead of coming like this, you might have to come like this sometimes. While we were still his enemies, he loved us and came that way. And so Matthew, Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. God, the greatest peacemaker of all time was the son of God. Peacemakers will be called the children of God. Okay, now let's have some fun. <laughs> because Kevin intentionally Put this series right before the election, and he intentionally gave me <laughs> the sermon right before the election. I'm an independent. This is, this is the 13th presidential election I have voted in. I have voted for seven Republicans. I have voted for six Democrats. I have seen close, uh, close squeaker elections. I've seen landslide elections. It's kind of interesting. Uh, the two big landslides I can remember were, were Johnson in 64 and Nixon in 72. And neither one of them got another term after that one. Uh, one of them because he got unpopular and one of them because he resigned in disgrace. That's, that was kind of interesting. I have voted for people who got elected and then later on went, ooh, I might have made a mistake there. And then I have voted for people who didn't get elected and oh, I think I am an independent. This is, this is not about who you vote for. It is about whether or not you will live in the kingdom. There, Barbie said it. There, I mean, she didn't know it was in my notes. There are no elections in the kingdom. God never stands for re-election. You know, we got a king. He's a king, and that's, that's it. Someone, I've got a surprise for you. Someone is going to get elected this week. And some of you are not going to vote for who got elected. 
Doesn't matter who you vote for, because I, I promise you, you know, not everybody in this room is going to vote for the same person. So some of, some of you are, are, are not going to be happy about that. My heart is genuinely grieved. It's genuinely heavy at the pitifully shallow understanding the American church has about what it means to be a Christian. It just is. If you think someone isn't a Christian because of who they vote for, or someone isn't a Christian because of their position on a, on a particular issue or something like that, if you, if you think that, that, that someone can't be a Christian and be that, listen, then you need some serious spiritual detox. You don't understand what a Christian is. You, you don't, don't under, understand what that, that's about. Uh, okay, I'm going to take these guys' pictures down. I'm going to put, put something up that may be even more controversial. But it's true. You are not called to change the culture. You're called to live in the kingdom. That's... If you live in the kingdom, the culture will change. I mean, if we, all, if we live, if we spend as much energy living in the kingdom as we spent trying to change the culture, then the kingdom could come. Uh, you don't bring the kingdom by changing the culture. You, you live in the kingdom and then the culture, the culture can follow. God, God's got that. The, hey, look, the, the culture's temporary anyway. The kingdom's eternal. Uh, you bring the kingdom by loving your enemies. That's, 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 uh, what a, what a concept. I mean, who expects that to happen? Who truly expects that to happen? I mean, seriously, what if it did? What if you did start doing that? You go, well, I'd probably get run over. Okay. Jesus did. You know, Paul did. A lot of the disciples did. You don't want to be in that crowd? Don't, don't want to be in that group? We are not king, kingdom citizens because of where we go to church. We're not kingdom citizens because we have the right doctrine. We're not kingdom citizens because of where we stand on issues. Jesus said over in John 13, he said, I've got a new command to give to you. Love one another. And guess what? By this, everyone will know. You're my disciples. Everyone will know that you live in the kingdom if you love one another. You know, we have a tendency to kind of go, well, now who are these uh, uh, one another's? You know, I mean, he's talking about our brothers and sisters, right? Let me tell you who one another is. It's anybody who isn't you. Anybody who isn't you is somebody else that you're supposed to love. I'm just having so much fun. I'm running out of time, but I'm, I'm going to keep having fun. Here for, for just a few minutes, if that's, if that's okay. Uh, okay, we can't vote for this guy. Though we might like to. Uh, Abraham Lincoln evoked the term better angels of our nature in his uh, inaugural address. And uh, what a great phrase. I mean, 
And I, and I totally, you know, you, you, you see that phrase, you totally exactly know what he's talking about. He's talking about good Ronnie, not bad Ronnie. That's what he's talking about. About 10 years ago, I was listening to uh, Prairie Home Companion, and this song came on. And I, uh, I don't usually like, well, of course, it's not on anymore. But, but uh, when I was watching, I didn't usually care for the musical sections. I, you know, I, I wanted to hear the news from Lake Wobegon. I wanted to hear about Guy Noir. I wanted to hear about the uh, tales of the cowboys and stuff. And I especially wanted to hear his phone calls home with his mom and dad. But, uh, but this song came on. And it immediately grabbed me. The, the line that really got me, the coming night is dark and deep. And we might have a tendency to go, oh yeah, man, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be bad one of these days. This is the coming night. We, we are in it right now. The fallen angels of our nature are being summoned at every turn. The news channels summon them because fear sells. I mean, fear, fear sells better than sex. And you put fear and sex both together, you, you'd be number one. Yeah. The, the, the politicians are calling them forth because fear gets votes. It, it, it even is going forth from pulpits, which breaks my heart. We want to march. We want to stand up for, for our rights. You deserve it. God needs, God, you know, it, it seems almost um, blasphemous to me to hear God, God can't do this without you. He can do anything he wants to do. You get a chance to be involved. Don't let them take away your whatever they are trying to take away. Fear. When, when I was at, at the Lord's Chapel a number of years ago, I'll, I'll be brief on this. We, we had a praise gathering. And I say a number of years ago, 40. Uh, <laughs> we, we would have, we'd have a, a monthly praise gathering, and there would be... A, There'd be churches from all over Middle Tennessee. They'd, they'd come, and, uh, and, and they, it was glorious the first three or four months. Uh, and one church would lead the worship, and one church would, um, would bring the message, and uh, one church would, I don't know, do the parking lot or wh whatever. And, uh, and it was really great until this one month when the message was, you know what we need to do, people? We, down there on Lower Broad in Nashville, that's, it, it's, it's a hellhole down there. We need to march. And so we did. <clears throat> we made posters. We got radio advertisements the next two months. That's all we talked about was that march. And we went down there and we marched and nothing changed except the praise gathering died. That was what changed. God has not called us to do those things. Those, those are man's ideas. Those are the world's ways. Keep on doing the same old thing the same old way and expecting to get different results. You know what that is. Yeah. I, I knew Justin knew. <laughs> God has asked us to take up our cross and follow him. 
That's what he's asked us to do. He's told us to love our enemies. Because that's what he does. Finish with this. The worship team can come out. Over in, over in Joshua chapter 5, they're getting ready to go and take the city of Jericho. They've come into the promised land. God has, has promised this to them. There, there are enemies in the land. There are giants. and We've got to go and we've got to, to do this stuff. And uh, right before they go to Jericho, Joshua sees a man he hadn't seen before. It's a stranger, but he's obviously got something about him that attracts Joshua to him. And Joshua comes up to him and he asks him what seems to be a very reasonable question. In fact, it is a reasonable question. Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Now, nobody give away the, the answer, please, before I put this up. But how many of you know what the reply was? Seriously? Yeah, like I say, don't give it away. Neither. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news and the love of the king. We waste a lot of hot air saying, Jesus loves you when there's a disconnect on how we treat them. Whoever they are, they're another. I beg you, please, put aside the, the deceptions of this world and the, and the, the, the angry rhetoric, rhetoric that divides us. And love your enemies. Live in the kingdom as children of the living God. And then, the scripture says, you will shine like stars among them. As you hold firmly to the word of life.